Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. It is now well known that the current pandemic brought an end to the longest U.S. expansion on record with over 10 years of economic growth. Toward the end of the expansion, all companies were struggling with developing and maintaining a consistent workforce. However, manufacturing with this need for more technically minded personnel to fabricate and assemble ever more complex items at high production rates made for even more challenge. Out of necessity came a rise in the use of automation and robotics in many companies as a way to keep up with the demand and to grow profitably. We have seen where smaller manufacturers have been slow to adapt and adopt next generation manufacturing technologies, but not our guest today. As we're clocking in with the voice of North Carolina manufacturing that has become well known in the triad area for its leadership in plastics manufacturing and its company's use of advanced manufacturing techniques. Jeff Foster is the president and CEO of Core Technology Molding Corporation, located in Greensboro. Founded in 2006, the company has grown to serve customers in over 150 countries with products for a diversified base, including aerospace, appliances, automotive, consumer goods, and medical devices, just to name a few. The company's success is well recognized through many awards, including 2015 North Carolina Minority Women Business-Owned Enterprises Outstanding Achievement Award, the 2015 Greensboro Chamber of Commerce Minority Small Business of the Year, the 2017 BMW Minority Success Story of the Year, and the 2018 North Carolina Minority Women Business-Owned Enterprises Outstanding Achievement Award in Supply. Jeff has earned a bachelor's degree and master's degree in industrial technology with a concentration in applied engineering technology from North Carolina Anti State University. He went on to complete his MBA at Wake Forest University's Babcock's Graduate School of Business in May 2001. Jeff owns a patent for a sealed electric connector with over 31 million of these parts used by Ford Motor Company on the Ford, Lincoln, Jaguar, and Mercury models. He has a lot more to say and do with his career and business, and we are excited to speak with Jeff about that today. So, Jeff, glad that you could talk with us today. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for reminding me, Phil. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, Jeff, I worked in manufacturing and seen a lot of different factories in my day, but I wouldn't even attempt to understand how it how that might be involved in having one of my own. You know, were you fascinated about manufacturing at an early age? And, and how did you decide you'd want to run a place of your own? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I think while I was a junior in college, I actually worked um, over the summer at Revlon which is a, um, of course, a cosmetic, but they use a lot of plastic. So I got very uh, interested in, in high-speed manufacturing, producing high volumes. So I was probably about 19, 20 years old. Started out in supervision and got into industrial engineering, but it really grew when I um, graduated and got hired. It was AMP, 
and now it's TE uh, Connectivity. But that's when I really got some leadership roles in quality and product development and product management. Of course, when I, by the time I got to Wake Forest, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur one day and just needed the right opportunity. So when you came out of the, the MBA, I mean, did you just, you really, did you have all your plans together and you were ready to go or? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question because people asked, um, did I start right away? And I actually waited seven years. And of course people asked why, but it was really the fear of failure. So I had a great business plan that actually, you know, we're using today, but it was just the, the comfort level of working for an employer and not being the employer knowing you get paid the 15th and 30th. And um, as an entrepreneur, I probably went 11 months without any pay, so. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that, it was just a fear of failure, but I had a plan for sure. Yeah, great. So Jeff, just talk about your business a bit. You know, what kind of things do you make and how does it get done? Yeah, sure. So since 2015, Phil, we manufacture 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So today, for example, on Friday, we have a weekend crew that comes in also they work uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we have a first, second, and third shift, and then we have a fourth and a fifth shift, which are 12-hour shifts on the weekend. And we're very competitive in the automotive industry, which is a third of our business. So uh, BMW Manufacturing is our automotive, our, our largest automotive customer, where we ship to uh, South Carolina twice a week, and then we ship to Germany, China, Russia, and South Africa for their X3 and X4 SUV. We do... Uh, Aerospace is another large customer with Heiko, and we produce parts for Airbus. The third company that's very large for us, but it's gonna be our largest next year, and the pandemic is part of that, but it's Merck. So we are gonna be producing about 100 million plunger rods a year in 2021, and 2022 is gonna be about 200 million. So the volume and the revenue is gonna be really shifting uh, more from the, uh, automotive and aerospace where the biological pharmaceutical space is gonna be uh, really driving the, uh, the revenue and the growth. Um, we have a class 10,000 and a class 1,000 medical clean room. So in those spaces, you know, it's highly sterile and it's actually cleaner than an operating room, but with the uh, pandemic, it's really given us other opportunities to grow with PPE but that's going to be really the, the area to focus on in the next five years for us is medical device and biological pharmaceutical. No, I talked about at the top about the challenges of workforce and developing that and, and making sure that you have what you need to grow. And you're the way you talk about it, that you guys are still seeing a lot of growth. And so how do you get it all done? You know, I know that you're, you're, you've committed to using, you know, technology. Can you speak a bit about how you do that? Sure. So for the last 14 years, I've actually been an adjunct professor at North Carolina A&T in the Applied Engineering Technology Department. So as far as professionals, we have a pipeline that we keep grooming. We're training, we develop, we bring them in as students, interns. So we finished one internship last Friday. This is our first time going to ECU. So we had a strong uh, manufacturing engineer from ECU and we have another intern that's here that will finish next week from North Carolina A&T. And we're actually uh, interviewed last year or this year, um, NC State. And then with the pandemic, they weren't able to um, come down here and participate. So we, we keep a pipeline of, of young talent 
that are very knowledgeable about cutting edge technology. So we're actually getting into the additive manufacturing space. Um, we partnered with HP. So we have a brand new 3D color printer that's here for, for rapid prototyping, even production um, with 3D printing. So I think with the students, North Carolina A&T especially, we've been able to stay on top of um, the industry where some of our competitors are you know, using equipment or using techniques that are 20 years old and we're, we're staying ahead of the curve. I think that's really helped us grow and bring new customers that are very um, ahead of the curve. A lot of our customers are European where they've been doing some of these things for years already. Yeah, I see a lot of robots and automation when I walk through your plant as well. Uh, is, that right. just, is that a foundation part of the, the way you grow? That is a foundation, Phil, and that's how we're able to grow and we're able to compete. So we've really been able to reshore and bring business back to the U.S. that was in China. So, you know, when you're trying to compete against China and they're, you know, they're paying someone 90 cents a day, you really have to have efficiency. You have to have uh, automation and a high level of repeatability. So with the, uh, with the automation, we have some artificial intelligence where we're able to actually monitor our process remotely. And even our customer has transparency where they're able to see our efficiencies. And, and our customers love that. They, they really wanna have that transparency where we're not trying to hide anything, but they get to see how efficient we are and they get to see our inventory remotely. So, you know, we were working on this last year. We went live with the new ERP system January 1st. You know, of course, we had no idea how the pandemic, you know, was even coming. But now uh, our customers really appreciate that. You know, they can call, but they don't have to call. They can actually get this data, this information um, remotely. Yeah, I think we talked about right before we uh, got started, uh, you know, the challenges of the pandemic and not being able to kind of show and tell and meet customers and have them there. Uh, you know, how's that, uh, how's that really affected things? In your it's very, very different, man. We spend hours a week on Zoom, man, probably eight to 10 hours a week, you know, with different customers, man. So it's, yeah. it, it's even more time consuming, just uh, it's different. Well, at least you're not jumping on a plane going a bunch of places. That's right. We're not jumping on planes. And actually, we need to be taking some trips uh, probably the end of the year somewhere. I'm hoping things get a little better. We need yeah, maybe we talk about that because I'm guessing that uh, it's probably very different to try to figure out what to make for a company virtually than it is kind of when you get a chance to go to the plant and see it and all of that. It helps when you can touch, see, feel it. I think one of the challenges we're having is, you know, we're growing, but that's with PPE, but it's difficult growing with new customers right now because they want to come see, meet us, and it's difficult for them to justify moving business without kind of the handshake and checking the temperature at the plant. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's right. Even uh, Facebook Live. I mean, we're, we're looking for opportunities to show potential customers, you know, our capabilities without them coming in. So, you know, for example, customer uh, Unilever is 600 miles away, but they can see our whole process and we can walk them through the plant um, like they're here. So I think when we do that, we still give a high level of confidence to a customer or a potential customer that we're capable of, of manufacturing their product. 
So we just have to be more creative. It's different than we've ever done things before. Um, usually just say you set up a meeting and they'll come down here, but now it's, uh, it's done remotely, but it, it's, it's been working. It's just uh, a longer cycle actually than when they come visit right away. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned a little bit about your relationship with North Carolina A&T State University. And of course, I know that you, you're, you're very closely tied with them. You, you basically operate almost right there on their campus. Can you talk a bit about, you know, your relationship with North Carolina A&T and in relationship to kind of their technology research and, and how you might use some of that? I know at one time I mentioned that you kind of walked up the street and, and, and saw some technology that you guys might have been able to use on a quote or something like that. Was that right? Or? That's right. That's right. So uh, Chancellor Martin, Harold Martin at North Carolina A&T, he's really a visionary where he approached me uh, about three years ago now and asked, how would we like to be on the campus? I just had no idea how well this would work, not just for our current customers, but we bring new customers or potential customers next door to the nanoscience and nanoengineering school. So they're able to do biocompatibility testing for our customers. So several times our customers will come here. Some fly here from Germany and the first stop is the nanoscience and nanoengineering. So when they see those capabilities, you know, 200 yards away, um, they have a higher level of confidence that we can meet their needs and we become the, our customers R and D arm where it might take them six months to do something and we can do it in 48 hours. So next door, we were able to actually 3D print parts in 24 hours, ship them to our customer. The next day they were on the customer's assembly line and they drove them off that day and drove them around the track and they actually sold those cars. So when we're able to um, have a turnkey where we can do prototype, full scale ramp up manufacturing all under one roof, um, it just adds tremendous value and others, you know, want to move business here or actually relocate from a low-cost producing country. Yes. So I get, is that an indication of where things are going in the industry? I know that you talked about within the pandemic, things are, you know, PPE and things like that from the short term. But, you know, just this whole kind of integration of development and manufacturing you know, is that how, you know, the industry and it's not just plastics or maybe all industry may be evolving to? I think all industries. So we have several projects and our German co colleagues call it localization. So we have several components that we purchase from China, Germany, Austria, that they want us to manufacture here. So in case of another pandemic, we don't have this issue where we can't get parts. So localization is going to be the big term for us over the next year where parts we were purchasing we're going to be making in-house that we had no intention with long lead times cost of shipping when we can produce it right here so that's going to be very big i don't think just for plastic but i think in manufacturing in general what can you make here instead of overseas or I don't, I don't think it's going to be so attractive to go to a low cost producing country anymore. So just a, a bit about, you know, uh, developing your own business and also, you know, oftentimes 
and anything you try to approach, you know, working in the minority area makes it a little bit more difficult. A recent study shows that even even right now, there's just very few minority-owned manufacturing. You know, and, it's, and I'm sure that's a lot more about the difficulty in doing that uh, rather than who you are. And uh, so, do you have any kind of insights to kind of what is involved in trying to get going? I know you talked about it was the, more about the the fear of being the the guy that runs the place, but you know, I don't know that there was any any roadblocks to that. I think it's just really just having a good plan and getting going. Is that accurate? I think it is, Phil, having a good plan and uh, taking a, I call it a leap of faith, but yeah, having a good plan. I think it is challenging for manufacturing because it's so capital intense. So, you know, we have millions of dollars of, of equipment and unless you have millions of dollars of cash, you're going to have to find a financial institution to have a relationship with. So, you know, we actually use two or three different um, banks to help us, um, especially starting this, this company. It was, that's always a challenge, getting a new customer and not having the capital equipment or the resources. But I think you just have to have a solid business plan. That, that's key for sure. And I would guess once you get rolling, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier. You get your business going and you got customers and things like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's always toughest getting the first customer. That, that's always uh, the challenge because not having uh, a long list of customers, because the first question is, one of the first questions asked is, uh, who are your other customers? And, and when, you know, you hear the crickets, <laughs> that, that, that makes it tough. Yeah. All right. So where, is, where are things going with you, you Jeff, and core technology? You're going to have enough room to grow where you are right now? I, you know, just like you still got more things you want to do. Yeah. A hey, great question. I just got a call from the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. So in the next 90 days, we want to expand into the other half of the building. So just with our growth in the biological pharmaceutical, um, we're going to need another clean room. So we will be expanding into the other half of the building this year, Phil, uh, where we're making product for Merck. And that is really going to be uh, a game changer where we'll be doing automotive in, in one half of the building and a lot more of the medical device in the other half of the building. So, you know, we've got a brand new state-of-the-art facility that's LEED certified and having another clean room to um, work with these biological pharmaceutical companies of course, some of that work is for COVID-19. So um, we're excited that we're going to be able to touch so many lives, even with the plunger rods um, next year. 25 million of those plunger rods are going to be for infants, for, for newborn babies. So it looks like that, uh, you know, sadly, the COVID-19 pandemic has also been an opportunity for you guys to do some more things. Did, did you see some of your, tr your traditional things go down any, or is everything still pretty steady? Right now, things are pretty steady. However, um, I guess two months ago, BMW closed down their plant for a month globally. So we weren't able to ship any BMW parts. Um, Whirlpool shut down um, for a month. Some of their employees, unfortunately, um, were ill with COVID-19. Um, but those are back up just as strong as they were before. However, the aerospace is definitely down. So that's one that I think it will be be down for a while, actually, as as far as people traveling in new airplanes or replacement parts. I think that industry is going to struggle for years. 
Well, Jeff, it's really exciting to see and hear you talk about the, the reshoring activities. I know that uh, at the government level, there's been a good bit of talk about, you know, companies, you know, focusing on PPE and also, uh, you know, cutting down some of these you know, lead times because of things they're they're buying off, offshore. And just, I guess, uh, as you may know, just being able to get things from offshore is probably, it's, it's been tough during, during the pandemic. And so, you know, we are we are certainly uh, proud of what you've been able to accomplish at Core Technology and for the Triad and and for all the people that you you're helping. I mean, I know for a fact that you're helping a lot of kids and young professionals along the way, and we certainly appreciate you doing that for our state. And we we hope that uh, I don't know, are you are you from North Carolina? No, I'm actually originally from uh, New Jersey, and I never thought I'd be in North Carolina, <laughs> but now so I've been here uh, almost 30 years now. Yeah, well, you have no ideas or thoughts of going back to New Jersey or anything like that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, we cer we're certainly glad to have you here, and and we're we're again we're proud of the work that you've been doing in manufacturing, and we wish you the continued success. Uh, and, and just let us know. I know we've been working with you a good bit over the last couple of years, and we're yes, happy to support your business. Yes, sir. Thank you. You guys have been very supportive, and uh, we look forward to a long relationship together. All right, I will let you get back to work today, Jeff, and thanks again for all, for all you do for the state. Okay, thank you, guys. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.